What is up everyone? My name is Austin Jardine. Welcome to the Vanguard Project. is up everybody welcome to musings of a madman this is a listener driven segment of the vanguard project where we explore a bit more of what i've learned so far in the interviews answering questions i get on social media and providing a bit more flavor into life behind the mic uh before we get too far down the rabbit hole um this is like the third time i've tried recording this and I've been extra mush mouthy today, like I can't get my words out and I've been kind of a little scatterbrained, a little bit everywhere. Like tonight I had an interview um, prior to this, you know, after work and everything and I feel terrible because like I just couldn't get like my words together and have like a like a good conversation. So I apologize to my interviewee for that and uh, you know, I, it was funny because um, before I started recording this, it's, it's 10 o'clock on, um, Thursday night. And before I started recording and, and my wife went to work, we actually sat down and watched Loki and I seriously, she like looks at me and she's like, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, I just have to like sit down and focus on one thing for a little bit because like, I'm like a little bit scatterbrained right now. So I can't get my words out. So this is going to be a lot of fun tonight and you're going to get to tap into, uh, a little bit of my squirrel moments tonight. So it should be a lot of fun. But a couple updates, a couple things that I want to give shout outs to and, and maybe raise a little bit of attention to. Uh, if you haven't been to the Vanguard website, uh, please go take a look. You'll find my partner page, um, some contact information. Um, uh, on the partner pages specifically, you'll actually find um, you know a link to Mountain Primal, which I know you guys, uh, or I know, I'm aware that you guys should know however that's appropriately worded, that uh, I've been working with Mountain Primal. They are an awesome company. Um, I use quite a bit of their food. Uh, when I was actually out scouting this week and I made some sausages before I took off, I love their fuel sticks because obviously I'm, I'm a squirrel and I'm super bit of everywhere. And they're great because they're 100% you know, organic, raised in Colorado, no preservatives, anything weird like that. They taste delicious and they don't, they keep me from, I guess, losing my freaking mind and getting shaky and hungry when I'm running around. So, but in addition to that, you'll find, um, the Vanguard shop, um, that links to another website that, you know, uh, hosts all of the shipping and printing and everything. And I redid the logo, uh, design, um, so that it's a little bit smaller, so it's a little less billboardy when you're walking around or if you purchase anything. So if you guys would, uh, take a look at that. If you find anything you like, order it up. There's a couple different designs for the uh, Vanguard project and then also the Madman segment. A um, couple different colors and whatnot. And if you don't see something on there that you would like, like a tank top or t-shirt or sweatshirt um it's probably just an option i haven't selected so let me know i can get that changed and it refreshes immediately so if you want to purchase some stuff so when you're out doing some hood rat shit with your friends or whatever the cool kids say i don't even know out scouting camping you know drinking cold beers arresting bad guys doing your jujitsu thing you know i love for you guys to send me a picture tag me in it on the instagrams i would love to see you out there doing your thing so now we're gonna jump into some fun stuff um, I've got, uh, kind of this thing going, at least I'm trying to get it going where I answer a question that is submitted, uh, on Instagram at least once a week. 
and what I typically do is I will post a picture out there that says, okay, now's your chance. Um, the most liked question by this date uh, gets answered in the next Musings of a Madman episode. In the first couple I did, um, I did play some stupid games, won some stupid prizes. You know, Greg and Tier asked whether or not a bear shits in the woods and how much wood could a woodchuck chuck of woodchuck could chuck wood. Both of which I did give answers to. So if you are curious, uh, those are answered in the previous Madman episodes. Today, though, is a, is a little bit different. Um, I got asked how I got into long-range shooting. And it's a it's a kind of a fun story um, because, um, you know, I answered it a little bit in the initial episode where Erica, my wife, interviews me. And um, I guess the long story short of it is that I did not grow up shooting. My family was aware of guns. You know, didn't hate them, didn't love them. They kind of just existed. And uh, I shot uh, my first, my first real like exposure to guns that I loved and like really kind of adhere a lot or I guess attribute a lot of what my life has become to was when my dad purchased a, uh, an introduction to pistol cores for uh, my mom, my mom specifically, but it was also for, you know, all four of us. So my dad, sister, my mom and myself all went. And I fell in love with it. And that's really what launched me into kind of the shooting world. And so I did USPSA. I got really addicted to the handgun side of it for a while. I spent a lot of time researching calibers, different guns, different actions, trying to become a little bit more fluent in the language of, of firearms, you know, handguns specifically. And it was really funny because I think that was like my freshman year of college. And so I was a super geek back then. I worked at Best Buy in the Geek Squad. I was fixing computers. And... Um, my, that's when my dad got it for me and I almost didn't go. I actually had a coworker who was like, dude, like free shooting, go get after it, you know? So I went and, you know, while I was in college, I did all sorts of like research on guns and calibers. And like I said, trying to become a little bit more affluent to firearms. And that's when um, I got introduced into the USPSA or the, I guess the competition world of pistol shooting, uh, the race side of it. And so I got super into that for a little while. I mean, while I was living at home, I actually, at my parents' house, um, I would do a homework problem and then I would spend like 10 minutes dry firing. So I would really, I would like, I would, I would dial in my reloads. I would dial in my draw and then I would go back to homework and then I'd do another homework problem and I'd go back to snapping it. And I'd even do it blindfolded where I'd practice reloading blindfolded. Like, I mean, I was, I was dedicated to this. And I did that for a little while, and then I ended up transferring universities. And when I transferred universities, I found out that the university had a, um, a shooting sports team, but they were like 100% shotgun. And so I ended up kind of inheriting the team. A lot of the folks were graduating or had no interest. And so I inherited the role of running the team. And so I ran the team for a couple of years in much more of like an administrative role. And excuse me, um, the guy, it was really funny because like at that time I was very like polished in terms of like, you know, I was not very direct. Um, I didn't really like to rub people the wrong way. I was very polite. And, um, you know, it was during a time where, um, pairing firearms and schools was very, um, very challenging. It was very heated. You know, there's a lot of very, you know, bad and unfortunate and horrible things going on in the world at that time. So I had to learn how to navigate some pretty hairy waters very carefully and respectfully. And, you know, it was especially tough because we had a lot of out of state students that were trying to, 
you know, bring firearms into the state and, you know, how to store them and how to shoot and how to, you know, use the money that the team had earned from competing and whatever. It was very, very difficult. So I got very good at kind of navigating those types of waters. And we ended up bringing a coach in who was like my like opposite, like Tucker, which I probably should name drop, but he knows this. And I'm gonna I'm gonna interview him eventually. He's gonna laugh. He's gonna laugh when he hears this. But he and I hated each other, and he's my best friend now. But um, we did not get along because he was fresh out of the Marine Corps. He had shot um, trap, and I'm gonna get made fun of because I get this wrong. But I can't remember if it was for the Olympic team or the uh, United States team. And I don't know. I'm not. I'm not keyed in enough to know what the difference is, and I probably should, but I don't. And so it was really funny because over time he polished up and I roughed down to a point where like we got along. <laughs> and so um, he ended up becoming like my best friend, somebody that I could lean on. And that continued after college because he's barely, you know, I think he's only a couple years older than I am. So we related really well. And um, after I could learn how to swear and like give him a run for his money, which I think I only learned how to do recently, so I, I can't say that I did that in college or even like two years after, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but he was the one who was like, dude, now that you're not doing the shotgun thing anymore, you know, the pistol stuff's cool and everything, you need to go get a scoped rifle. And I was like, mind you, during this time, I was like, fuck that. I have no desire to get a rifle. Why? Why would I? I have no need to go do that, right? And so all the stars had aligned, like literally Tucker was like, dude, go do this. Don't be a wuss. Let's get after it. And so I had like, I can't remember. I think it was like tax return season. Plus I had enough money in my Venmo account or like, I don't remember, but like at that time, everything kind of just worked where I was able to listen to him in a way that I was like, okay, cool. I can go buy a rifle and a scope and like not put myself under or stress my, myself out too much. Cause I'm a numbers guy, which will play into play into this a little bit in the future. Um, but so I ended up buying a Savage model 12, uh, in six, five Creedmoor. Cause at that time, you know, it was like the hot rod caliber, you know, I think, I think it probably still is, but I don't, I don't know what the new, the new like consumer hot rod is right now. It might still be the six, five, but anyway, so I bought the six, five Creed and then, um, I bought a, what was it? It was a Bushnell engage six to 24 by 50 second focal plane MOA scope, which looking back on it now, that was like the antithesis. It was like the worst possible scope option I could have had for long range competitions. Now, it's not a bad scope because that thing worked phenomenally. I actually shot the best I had ever shot in my life behind that scope and that rifle. And I have, um, you know, better optics, better, like I have a better build all around now. Um, but it was because I spent a lot more time behind that rifle. Anyways, so that was how I got into the long range shooting. And he was the one who was like, Hey, go buy the gun. Here's what you should get. I didn't really know anything, but really what ended up solidifying, you know, the passion behind it, um, was a, a few different things. One, um, it was, I love numbers. So I'm, I'm a big Excel spreadsheet. You know, I would much rather be, you know, cranking out some cool Excel spreadsheet, doing some crazy math things than, you know, 
some stuff some days, right? And so that for me was a lot of fun because when I first bought my rifle, I was like, okay, I don't even know how to fucking sight this thing in, let alone hit a target, you know, 800 yards away. And so I spent a lot of time, like I was totally that kid because like I had graduated. This was before Erica and I started dating and got married. So I would like go to the, go to work, go to the gym. And then I'd come home and practice on the weekdays from like 8 PM till midnight every night. So like I would do dry fire drills every night. And like, I mean, it was like, I would seriously draw like a pinprick at the, on a note card at the end of my garage. And I would set the timer and I listened to so many audiobooks that like that year, because I seriously, that's all I did. And so then on the weekends, um, I would like go to coffee shops. I'd get up in the morning, I'd go get breakfast and I'd sit there with like my Brian Litz. Um, uh, oh God, it's like his precision shooting book. I can't remember. It's still, it's in my closet right now, but, um, I'd sit there with that and then I'd sit there with my notebook, my Excel spreadsheet, and then I'd be watching YouTube trying to figure out, you know, what, how do, how does, what is scope theory? How do I understand it? What is ballistics? What is sectional density? How does, how do I calculate velocity? What does that mean when, you know, it's traveling at this over at this speed over this distance? How do I calculate wind and all of these things? And I really like, it was overwhelming because there was no, at that time, there was no real good, like one-stop shop that kind of made it idiot proof. And so it got to the point where I was like, hey, this is all really good information independently, but until I start shooting, I'm not going to know what happens. And so I actually ended up um, doing a linear dope chart. So I would take the projected muzzle velocity given my, given my reload, and I linearized it over several hundred yards to determine what my dope was, right? Which I now know there's kind of like... I don't even know what the right math is behind it. I'm not like a physics major, unfortunately. Um, but I spent a lot of time understanding that. And so I loved doing that. And so I decided that I wanted to try competing because I have a very strong tendency that when I'm going to do something, I I don't really pull any punches. Like I jump right in. Like I'm kind of kind of weird like that. Like I think people probably think I'm a little weird because like I go all in when I do things. And... So I started competing and I think I did one local match before I went to a long range precision course. And so that for me was, and I really, I, I would love to make time to go to another one because I learned so much in that two day course than I did at all while I was reading online, right? Like for me, it was, I, I learned by doing, and you know, I like when people show me how to do something and then let me do it and help correct it. And so that after doing that is when I really kind of just started to get like super into it. And that that's really what launched me into the long range competition side. And I did it for a couple of years. Like I have no claim to fame. You know, I definitely was middle of the pack on a good day and I loved it. I ended up taking a lot of, you know, content pictures, which honestly is what has led me to where I'm at now. Um, and that that's probably a, another story. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just having a buddy that told me to get after it and having kind of just this organic ish way of transferring through all of the different types of firearms and found one that I could geek out on and, you know, spoke to my soul, I guess you could say. So, but yeah, um, what I will do is, um, going forward, you know, I do post that one, you know, that one request out there, uh, every week to, to get some feedback. So I'll throw out another request sometime later on Friday, 
um, to get to get uh, another round of questions. So if any of you guys are interested and if you want to know more, maybe we could create a whole other segment. I, I know that I need to bring Tucker on, who was the dude who made me get into it. And we're going to chat about some rifle stuff, too. So I think we'll bring him on at some point, you know, when life frees up and uh, chat about that. Or if you guys want to know more of like anything, right? Any questions, like I will, I will, I will read like an open book. So if there's something that you have heard in additional podcasts, right. Um, that we've done and you're like, man, he mentioned whatever, or, you know, so-and-so talked about this and I want to know more about it. I will absolutely either answer it to my fullest or reach back out to people that you have questions on. And if need be, get it back on to keep talking. So, um, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, even if it's a personal or ridiculous question, right, let me know. And, uh, if it starts to get rat, if, if the questions start to rack up, um, you know, we could certainly answer more than one. Um, but I've also been asked to, uh, consider doing a blog on the website. So you might, if you check the website, you might see that I'm still kind of waffling on, on how to do that. And I've got a couple couple uh, inquiries out to a couple different um, subject matter experts to see, uh, you know, what a good path forward would be. So moving on, though, um, we're going to talk about some hunting stuff, uh, which, again, I'm an absolute noob in. Last year was the first time I'd gone, got bit by the bug, the hunting bug. You know, I'm surrounded by people all the time that hunt, and I engage with them a lot. And so I literally have not been able to shake, you know, wanting to get after it. And so, um, last weekend I, uh, it was just kind of funny because I've heard that the most successful hunters are the ones that are out there year round. Um, really kind of trying to understand the migrations of the animal, how they're acting, yada, yada, yada. And so I've kind of taken that to heart because I've been, you know, mapping out routes on, on X and kind of understanding, you know, where to go, how to look for them, what a good hillside might be, where a watering hole might be and a bedding, you know, bedding area would be and kind of all of these things. And so, um, I found this one spot. I'm always like, it's funny because again, I don't, I, I jump all in typically. And every now and then I bite off maybe a little bit more than I can chew, but I somehow end up treading water, I guess. This time, I'm not sure how much water I treaded because I set up this route. You know, I was really excited because it's in a beautiful part of the state. And, you know, I knew that it was going to be pretty um, steep, but I underestimated how steep this fucking thing was going to be because I get out there. It's like a six or eight mile route that I'm going to do. I get in my camp spot. I'm all excited. So Friday night, you know, I was going to go Friday and Saturday night. And uh, uh, Friday, I got up there and I hiked a little bit and I was like, I'm going to die. Like, this is tough. And, uh, I ended up seeing, uh, one doe and one two point buck. So I was like, okay, like I have hope, <laughs> like this might be worth it, you know, because while I was hiking, I didn't really see any game trails up there. I saw like one, you know, thing of deer scats. So I was like, at least there's maybe something up here. I really don't know. And okay, we're going to wing it. So I ended up getting back to camp and, uh, you know, sleeping and everything, waking up at like 5:30, and this is where I'm going to do my plug for mountain primal because I made some sausages and they were freaking awesome. Like they were delicious. And so if you want some sausages or your mountain primal fuel sticks, please use my code. Let them know that, uh, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing my due diligence, but I made breakfast, got up, got moving. And it was like, I don't know, like 600 yards, 800 yards to the trailhead. So I get up to the trailhead and I start moving. And, you know, I was thinking that, you know, okay, cool. Hunting, you can't just stay on the trail. 
You know, you need to kind of break off the trail, go where people aren't going to be to find the animals. And so I was like, okay, that's where my trail is going to go is, 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 or that's where, that's where I'm going to go is off trail. So, um, I start moving and it is like, I, I did look at it. It's a 30 degree, 31 degree incline right about, right? I use my, my range finder, but I did not, I did not prepare well enough for the buck brush. Like this thing was atrocious. So I ended up only making it like three miles, you know, and I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I might've bitten off a little bit more than I can chew for this year, at least getting into it. And so I'm still kind of waffling on, you know, whether or not for the general season, if that's going to be for a general tag, if that's going to be the unit that I hunt, because, um, I quickly learned that I need to get it in a little bit better shape. Um, maybe spend a little bit more time, uh, on the map. But I also think that, you know, I took some notes while I was out there, you know, dropped a couple more pins on some spots that would be good places to cut into a drainage potentially, um, or maybe a bowl of some sort, a small bowl that may be a good place to go find and stock up on something. Um, but man, it was a hell of a learning experience. So we'll see on that. Um, I, I talked to a couple people um, about it since, you know, just additional interviews and they're like, you know, sometimes it's worth it. If you want to get out there and get, get away from people, you need to suck it up, dude. So I definitely underestimated, uh, vegetation and also good quality boots. I definitely overlooked, you know, I've got my Solomons that I thought were going to be just fine. You know, I'm like, I've, I've got whatever, you know, no big deal. Nope, nope, nope. Definitely want something that's going to get up and over my ankles because holy shit, that was, there was a couple points where I was like, yeah, I'm really glad I have my little Garmin thing because fuck, I could have hurt myself. So don't tell my wife. I hope she doesn't listen to this. So, um, but yeah, other than that though, um, today was actually a really cool day because, um, I got uh, my draw results. And so again, I'm learning, right? So I was scouting for general season, not really sure how the draw was going to go. And so not really sure how this whole year is going to stack up. So the scouting trip was more for fun and learning. And, you know, if I end up, you know, going for the general season two, maybe elk, I feel like that would be a really good elk, uh, elk area. Um, but I ended up drawing a deer tag this year, which I'm really excited about. This is my first time going through, um, I guess this whole exercise cause I, I've never done it. And I, I had a buddy, so shout out to my friend Elliot for, um, reaching out to me and being like, Hey, I want you to fill your freezer. I want you to, you know, get your first, you know, get your first, <clears throat> get your first harvest. Right. And, and really have that experience. And he's like, I'm all about helping you. I will 100%, you know, be there with you. He's like, my hunt is in, I think he said November. So he's like all of October is wide open. And so he gave me some advice on a couple of units to go put in for. So I put in for, um, I think I put in for three different draws, three different tags. And I drew one which is a, a either sex deer tag. So I'm really excited because it's in a unit that's pretty close to home. And so I'm going to do my, you know, do my due diligence kind of over prepare, I think for that. Um, just, you know, spending time on on X, I think the next couple weekends, I think next weekend, I should be able if I spend some time this week, I should be able to get out next weekend and kind of explore a little bit. I say that now, but I also know that I've done that in the past. And I've been told no, because I forgot that we had an event. So hopefully y'all could say a little bit of a prayer. It'd be nice to get out next weekend. So that's my plan. Um, but I'm super excited. So if any of you guys have any insight on what your favorite boot is 
or you know how to maybe read a map a little bit better or what i am totally open to getting educated because i'm 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 ignorant and i would love to learn so we'll move on a little bit um i'm really excited about this one because this is totally off topic of rifles hunting anything and um i know that there's a couple people that are going to be taking notes i saw some commentary on on the gram and so I, I'm a big horror fan. I love scary things. I like like supernatural stories, like ghost stories. I think they're great. I will never mess with it. That stuff scares me. Not gonna lie, I'm definitely a big big baby about it. But it's super fun to listen to. And so my wife and I are both kind of similar in that regard. And so she and I have been binging on another podcast. It's called Scared to Death. And it's a, uh, a husband and wife up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho that tell each other ghost stories. And the way that they interact is very much like how Eric and I interact. Like they kind of they yell at each other, they swear at each other, they bicker. It's all in good fun, right? It's like their form of like weird love. And so um, there was one night, and I don't know what possessed me to do this, possessed being kind of funny, but um, I think Eric had like was coming back from work and I was like, I'm going to pull a prank on her. And I love pranks. Like, I, I've mastered the art of scaring my wife. And she's upset with me, but that's not my problem. Um, no, that is my problem. Because it's bit me in the ass this week, which we'll get to. Um, so she was on her way home from work. And I was like, hey, I know she's been binging on Scared to Death, right? They're really creepy stories. I know that they get to her. I'm going to be a dick. And so I had, I'd been working on a ghillie suit. And... Uh, was it my ghillie suit? I don't remember, but I had, I had fishing line. And so I was like, okay, I used to do this when I was younger, where you would take fishing line and like, I would run it into my sister's room and I would tie it to stuff. And so when I pulled on it, things would like fly off the shelf and, uh, it always scared the shit out of her. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this to Erica. Like, this is going to be awesome. And so, um, our bedroom is, is kind of, kind of weird because, you know, our bed's in the middle, right? And then our closets are two separate closets, but they connect on the backside, right, there's no wall that disconnects them, but there's two different sets of doors. And so I had taken fishing line and I ran it behind our bed, ran it through my closet along, you know, through the back of uh, back of my closet into her little closet area. And I'd made sure that there was a space between um, one t-shirt to another on her, on her, um, the, the clothes rack, right, or the, the bar. And so I tied the fishing line to one t-shirt and I ran it all the way back, right? And so I did a couple other things too, right? Like I had tied fishing line to the door handle so it would jiggle and the curtain so it would open. And it was all on my side so that she couldn't see the fishing line or run into it. And so she gets home from work, you know, showers and stuff. And she gets into, or is like walking into, into our room. And I was like, hey, babe, um, could you, could you close the closets? I like really don't, I don't want to sleep with the closets open. And she's like, Oh, somebody being a big baby. Somebody been listening to scared to death. Is it, are you scared? And I was like, actually, yeah, yeah, I am scared. Right. And she was like, Oh, you're such a big baby. And as soon as she turned around, I like rolled over on my side and I grabbed, um, the one fishing line. Cause I like taped them so that I knew which one was which. And I grabbed the fishing line and I started slowly pulling on it and her t-shirt, right? Shifted in the closet and started sliding super slow. Like it was creepy. Like, like if you were to see that, like anyways, like it was fucking creepy. And it just started slowly sliding across her closet and she like fell down 
freaked out and was pissed. Like, she did not want to sleep next to me. Like, she was like, you can fucking sleep in the living room. I don't want to look at you. We are not talking around. It was the best prank I've ever played. And she, it's still my favorite one. I really wish I'd have gotten it on, like, video because, oh, my God. So, moral of the story is fishing line and your wife or significant other goes a long ways. So, if you want more prank jokes or pranks and advice, I've got a lot of them because... You know, Erica still listens to, like, her true crime stories. And so she'll, like, listen to them while she's vacuuming. So I'll, like, come down the stairs while she's vacuuming and just, like, breathe down her neck. Super creepy. Like, it sounds super creepy. But she, she like, signs herself up for it. So I have, to, I have to do it. You have to take advantage of those things. Which she has, to me, multiple times this week. At least twice in the past two weeks. One of which actually, like, made, made my heart hurt. Like, I had to sit down. Because I was listening to one true crime thing that she told me to listen to. And I was out in the garage doing something. I don't even know what. And, um, you know, I was like, had my headphones in. I was working on something. And the garage door was open. And, like, I don't remember everything. I think I, I think I blacked out. But she walked up, like, really close to me really fast while I was listening to this. And, like, my heart skipped a beat. Yeah, so she's getting me back. That was a very poor a poor story version of that. But I think, I honestly think that I, I, she like, I think I blacked out a little bit because it scared the living hell out of me. So, but I love scaring my wife. It's great. If anybody wants some more suggestions, um, hit me up on the Instagrams because I will happily rattle off every little dirty secret I have as far as pranks go. So last thing we will cover today uh, are a couple lessons learned. So this week we dropped an episode with Rick from Achilles Heel Tactical and uh, Gia Varadi from the National Warrior Foundation. They are both awesome people. Rick, you know, is just a great dude. I really hope to, to continue harassing him and at least build a bit of a friendship with him because he he really was able to kind of explain to me a couple different things as far as building brands and whatnot, which is really, I, I owe him a lot of credit to this, this portion of, of the Vanguard project and the musings of a mad, of a madman. Um, you know, I think that it's still in progress and under development as far as what it's going to be in the long run. But, um, after talking with him, um, the lessons learned there are really to continue pursuing your passion, right? Find what makes you happy, provide value through that, play to your strengths, and then continue to network with people. Um, I actually, you know, got him connected with one of my other buddies just because I know Rick has a, a, a strong ability to network and, and engage with people that is mutually beneficial. And so I think that learning that from him um, is something that I, I could probably take to the grave, right? Just because I think that he's got a lot of skill there that um, is worth tapping into. Um, Gia, uh, was super cool. It was, it was really awesome to sit down with her. Um, we actually recorded our conversation pretty early on, I think in June. So I, I did sit on that one for a little bit, which I felt really bad because I, I love the message that she had to offer, but I was also trying to stick with a cadence of, you know, of, of sharing a, 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 an organization that is out working for people. And, the message that is that stems from her right is that there are people out there that want to see you healthy and happy. All you need to do is call. And uh, I really hope that somebody heard her message and was able to, to reach out and find a way to get plugged in um, because it sounds like she's out there doing some, some amazing things. So I really hope to keep in contact and see just her organization flourish and, and the folks really benefit from what it is that, that her and her team are doing. So... 
Um, beyond that, uh, I did my updates at the beginning this time. Um, so I really look forward to a great 4th of July weekend. I hope you all have a wonderful time. Stay safe. Have fun. Drink a couple cold beers. Don't light yourself on fire. I've done that. You can ask my middle school or my high school chemistry teacher. That was a wonderful time. Um, but I hope you have a safe, fun, awesome weekend. And we will catch you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.